Good morning, friends. Good morning. Today we hear from the Gospel according to Luke. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Grace and peace, friends, in the name of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. So I'm Pastor Callista, just delighted to be with you all today. Um, I've had the opportunity to connect with Good Shepherd over the last months, it's been a little while now, working with the transition team when you were in a time of pastoral transition and COVID. So I've not had the chance to meet many of you face-to-face before, and it's such a delight um, to be with you for worship today, and also that your pastors both get vacation on the same Sunday. It's fantastic. I'm grateful that you're supporting them of taking so much needed time off. Excellent. So when I'm not here, I am serving at Washington University in St. Louis as the Director for Religious, Spiritual, and Ethical Life, which is just a long, clunky title for chaplain to the university. So I spend most of my time with college students, university students, who are on break right now. But before they left for their summer break, some of them are staying locally, but many of them are in all corners of the world, I asked many of them, what are you up to this summer? And you could tell instantly how they were feeling about the summer based on the look on their faces. Some of them were super excited because they landed that dream job or they get to go home to their family at last and they don't have to take any finals for a few months. And others, you could tell, were a little terrified. As they told me about their summer plans, I heard things like, I'm moving to Washington, D.C. for the whole summer, and I'm going to be hundreds of miles away from my parents, and I've never lived alone before, and I don't even really know how to do my laundry. What am I going to do? And another student who landed an internship in the medical field is like, I don't even know how to be when I'm on the wing of a hospital. How on earth am I going to do this? I am so unqualified. 
Another student I know well is traveling with a bunch of high schoolers to Israel, and she's responsible for them. She's terrified. <laughs> there are other adults, but understandably, she feels pretty unqualified for this. You never know how it's going to go. Oh my goodness. One Bible scholar compared the summer internship and job jitters, that feeling of being completely unprepared, unqualified, to what's going on in our gospel text today. So hear me out on this. Earlier in Luke, we read that Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem. It was a turning point in the gospels where we suddenly hear that Jesus' days on earth are limited. He knows he is headed to the cross. Now the people around him don't know that, or at least they can't comprehend it yet, but he is headed that direction and his time is limited. And he's only one person. So he continues to teach and preach and heal, but he at that point then sends out the 12 disciples to expand his reach, to go out and do miraculously fabulous healing, to feed the thousands, to do all of these amazing miracles in Jesus' name, and they are making an amazing impact. But the urgency is real for Jesus. 12 plus him, not enough. We need 70, 70. Okay, so he taps 70 people. And these people have been watching or hearing about what else has been going on with these 12 disciples, the miraculous healings, the, the amazing things they've been doing in Jesus' name, and they, many of them are thinking, not me, no, no, I'm not equipped, I'm not qualified, surely you can pick someone else for this task. Can you just hear them murmur under their breath? We're afraid, we haven't had time to pack. What if we're rejected and people hate us? What could happen? So Jesus gives them very clear instructions about how this is gonna go, maybe to ease their fears, maybe not. You did hear it's like going sheep going out to a pack of wolves. But he says, you're gonna go in pairs. You do not have to do this alone. You're gonna go out with other people. Don't take anything with you. Don't worry about packing. Don't take anything with you, just the clothes on your back. And when you go into a house, say, peace be with you. And remind them that the kingdom of God has come near. What a beautiful message they get to share. Their message is to spread peace and to prepare the way for Jesus coming after them. And what's necessary to carry out this mission? To be vulnerable, to receive the hospitality of others, especially strangers, and to give people a glimpse of the peace of Christ, to pass that peace to other people. And I'm gonna say this again because it's also our mission, just a hint, it's also our mission to spread peace and to prepare the way for Jesus. And how do we do this? Be vulnerable, rely on the hospitality of other people, and share the spirit of peace that is in Christ. In case you're thinking this sounds all a little light and fluffy, that we're gonna just spread peace everywhere, that you thought this discipleship thing was more like boot camp, let me assure you this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard, right? Being an ambassador for the peace of Christ these days this place, any place, is really hard work. And this calling flies in the face of messages we encounter every day, such as grabbing more than we need, being self-sufficient and independent, and fighting back. The calling from Jesus in our gospel today is instead to be vulnerable, rely on the hospitality of others, and to spread peace. And so you still might find yourself thinking, not me, nope, this is not my mission. Surely the pastors in the church council have this covered. It's a good day for your pastors to be away because they're not gonna do it for you today or any day. 
Everybody gets to share in this calling. And in case you still don't believe me, let me remind us all that the use of the number 70, that Jesus tapped 70 people, was probably a metaphor for everybody. And here's what makes me think that. Back in the book of Genesis, the writers um, at that point provide a list of all the nations in the world, and they list 70 at that time, implying the whole world. And then in the books of Exodus and Numbers, they mention 70 elders of Israel whose descendants would be innumerable. The whole world, we're not off the hook. It's all of us. So Christ is calling us to be vulnerable. When he sends out the 70, they are not told to pack light because it turns out they can't pack anything. All they can take are the clothes on their back. No purse, no bag, no sandals. The no purse piece is especially important because it implies that they are not to go out to try to raise money, to make money from other people. Just go and receive the hospitality of others and share that peace for free. No protection for their feet, no extra anything. Basically, they will just have to rely on the grace and generosity of everybody they meet for their survival and protection. And all of this is making me really nervous because I like to bring plenty of everything everywhere I go in a big bag. I like to be prepared. I also want to know exactly where I'm going. I need a pretty clear map, pretty clear map. And so all of these things can make us a little nervous when we think about being sent out in the spirit of Christ. We're going to bring nothing. We're going to rely on the grace of other people. I also wonder what it would mean to travel a little more lightly into our conversations with other people. What would it mean to travel a little more lightly in our relationships with others, especially those with whom we disagree? Because I think it's tempting to pack our bags with the best arguments and defenses to be ready to pull those out at the right moments to prove that we are correct. We're right, right? But what if instead we didn't pack and we carried only our curiosity into some of those conversations to for at least a few minutes, find out what's going on underneath those strongly held opinions of other people for just a minute more. What really matters to them? What would it mean to just pack our curiosity? Jesus says it is possible to receive hospitality even from those who disagree with you. He told those apostles he was sending out, even if folks don't agree with your message of peace, You can stay there in their homes for a while. It's almost as if he was saying, you can go ahead and plant some of those seeds of peace around because you just never know. You never know where they might grow. And that is the heart of this gospel message, the calling to spread the peace of Christ, which gives everyone a glimpse of the coming kingdom of God. But I don't know about you when I hear all of this talk about peace I can't help but think about all of the news coming at us the last couple of weeks, not to mention months and years, that leaves me wondering how, how and if, this nation can find a sense of peace as we grow more and more and more divided. It seems that every day we hear about more people suffering, more brokenness, more deep division. And so it's easy for me at least to feel despair and helplessness sometimes. Maybe you've experienced that as well. And so today's gospel word somehow breaks into that chaos and into that mess with a word of peace. Christ's gospel promise for us is peace, even when it seems like a scarce resource. 
What would it look like then for us to claim this promise and accept this gift? I don't think it means ignoring what's going on in our world, right? Burying our heads in the sand is not going to be helpful, except for maybe a few minutes now and then when we need to unplug for our own mental and spiritual well-being, but not for much longer. But in the midst of challenging times, we are instead called to draw deep from that well of peace, not of our own making, but from Christ. Peace could be believing that even as the world is absolutely coming apart at the seams, that we have hope in the new life of Christ. Peace is staying at the table for just a few moments longer when you disagree with someone, but decide that the relationship is important enough to stay put and hear them out for just a minute more. When we're able to remember the gift of God's grace that we have truly glimpsed in that sharing of peace, then we we have caught a little sliver of what the kingdom of God is like. I wonder if you have experienced this. Has there been a time when life is really coming unraveled for you? Or stresses are so high, where all of the news seems to be very, 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 very bad, and then a tiny sliver of peace breaks through. For me, sometimes this peace comes in the form of a friend reaching out just at the right moment with a word of encouragement. And that, to me, is the peace of Christ. Or somehow the Spirit nudging me to, instead of firing back with, with a response that might not help the relationship, to just take a breath. Okay, that can be the peace of Christ interrupting. Or maybe as you wait for a diagnosis or some important news that you somehow feel like you're being carried through that time in mysterious ways, is that maybe the peace of Christ entering in? As Christians, we have a story of peace that surpasses all logic, that surpasses all understanding. Could it be that Christ's peace is as contagious as revenge? I don't know but I am sure that Christ's peace is more enduring and more life-giving and more healing and renewing in our communities. So could we start by trying to believe that peace is, in fact, a renewable resource? It's not scarce because it comes from God. And then can we share that with others? Maybe we can at least start by praying for peace to break into every corner of our broken world and praying for peace to show up in each of our loved ones' lives, especially those we're worried about or feeling really disconnected from. Peace on them. Sharing with others when we've experienced moments of peace for ourselves can be so uplifting for others to hear as well. Peace, it turns out, can be contagious. A student I know who was really struggling said to me a couple weeks ago, I don't even know what I believe anymore. I just need some peace, just looking for some peace. And aren't we all? Peace be with our neighbors who are afraid today, and peace be with those around the world who are suffering injustice, and peace be with those we find difficult to love, and peace be on this nation as we celebrate Independence Day, and peace be on those who are spreading peace, and peace be with you all. In Jesus' name, amen.